Yeah, I guess we got to talk about some juicy smoulet. Got more coming up here in just a. Am I going to? I'm going right back to a commercial. This is a prop. This is what happens when I don't have enough caffeine. Okay, this is what happens. So I've got a whole segment to do now, right? You know how many turns I missed on the way over here? Three. I missed three turns on the way over here. And my daughter, who's with me, is like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, maybe if I had gotten my card, R&B Car Company, like my wife did, I would have built-in GPS. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Let them know that I sent you. All right, Juicy Smoulet. Jussie Smollett took the stand in the hate crime hoax trial that is now happening. Made some interesting proclamations. I, I will get to the very weird incident with his lawyer and the judge. If you if you have not been following this, this has been this has been gold. Uh, former Empire star Jussie Smollett, who is accused of conspiring with two brothers to stage a hoax hate crime against himself in January of 2019, took a gamble to testify in his own defense on Monday. I I was shocked that he actually did that. I genuinely what you usually don't find defendants testify. It's is generally considered very, very risky. But he is so undeniably lying. <laughs> the fact that he chose to take the stand. Uh questioned by his lead defense lawyer, Nenye, is it Uke or Uchi? I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. I apologize. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Uh, Smollett started his testimony talking about growing up as a working child actor in a middle-class family. He said that he drifted away from acting for a while, taking work in restaurants and at retail stores before re-educating, rededicating himself to the craft. It was in 2014, he said, that he landed a starring role in Empire, playing the role of Jamal Lyon, a gay black singer, a role that mirrored his own life. By the way, sidebar. Um, do we cancel straight actors that play gay actors now or play gay characters now? Do, do we can't we cancel the race ones? I mean, except ex- unless, of course, it's a traditionally white role played by no, no longer a white actor. Then it's OK. Annie, anybody? By the way, the girl who plays Annie, beautiful voice. And I think she does an amazing job. She's black and Annie's a pasty white ginger. So. Is that cultural appropriation, Josh? Is it? She does a fantastic job. I'm not criticizing the actress herself at all. I want everybody to understand. I think she does an amazing job. I don't care personally. But Annie's a little white girl. And and Annie is not being played by a little white girl. And I am told that we are supposed to be outraged by that sort of thing if a white actor plays a traditionally black character. It's just you're not allowed to be upset about it the other way. It's kind of like when the Halloween costume thing happens and everybody's like, white people are not allowed to wear, not dress up as Black Panther. Remember that? Little kid dressed up as Black Panther and a bunch of people threw a hissy fit online because, you know, they can't please their partners and therefore they're perpetually angry and frustrated. And the actor who's since passed, forget his name, I apologize, but he had to defend this little, this little boy who wanted to be Black Panther because he's a white kid. And that was his favorite comic book hero. You know how many Black Batmans I've seen over the years? Hey, Josh, is, is Batman black? Bruce Wayne's not black, is he? No, Bruce Wayne is not black. He's not. 
Do I care that a black kid wants to dress up like Batman? Absolutely not. Kids should be able to dress up like whoever they want. But it's interesting that the outrage only goes one way. <clears throat> so I was just, just kind of curious because he's gay and he played a gay character, but, you know, can a straight actor play a gay character? And can a gay character play a straight or gay actor play a straight person? Can Neil Patrick Harris reprise his, his role from How I Met Your Mother? Or is that considered some form of appropriation? Or again, does it just go, just does it go one way? Sorry, Neil Patrick, Harris. big fan of his. Actually, just had to rope him into this. So Smollett said that he earned about twenty-eight grand per episode for the first ten episode season. You would think making twenty-eight grand an episode would make him a better actor, though. I got a feeling that if I were getting paid twenty-eight grand to do a show here, I, I would probably be a lot better at it than I currently am. Uh, season five. His last season on the show, he was making 100000 per episode and doing some directing. I was happy with my entire contract, he said. But he said that he felt intense pressure because of his historic role as an openly gay black man. Uh, that was one reason, he said, why he started doing a lot of recreational drugs, including marijuana and cocaine. It got me away from everything else, so to speak. All right, well, you're an actor getting paid a ton of money and you start to do drugs. That, whatever the reasons are. It's a sad, common story in entertainment, in Hollywood in particular. So anyway, Smollett testified that on the first night that he met uh, one of the brothers, he did drugs together at a nightclub and then went to a gay bathhouse and made out. During his testimony last week, uh, the brother denied that he was involved in any sort of a sexual relationship with Smollett. Smollett said that he often helped him obtain drugs and that he paid Osundaro the, for those drugs. And again, I, I'm butchering the names here, and I apologize. Uh, Smollett said that he regretted his drug use. I'm sitting here in front of a jury, in front of my mom, having to explain it. Absolutely, I, I regret it. Okay, whatever. So, basically, he, he gets on the stand. Now he's saying that he's got this intimate relationship with one of the people who's accusing him of paying them to fabricate this hate hoax. I mean, that's... That's interesting. Uh, the defense also called Empire showrunner Brett Mahoney. I was right about this last week, Josh. Brett Mahoney, who's a showrunner for Empire, uh, testified that when he learned that Smollett had been mailed a hateful letter about a week before the alleged attack, we took it very seriously. Uh, prosecutors are arguing that Smollett believed the Empire studio didn't take the hate mail seriously enough and that he staged the attack to prove a point to studio leaders. So we had talked about that a little bit last week. Um, so, you know, again, it's it's pretty interesting that Smollett is still basically saying, yeah, one of the guys that is accusing me of paying them to do the fake hate crime. Yeah, we're like, you know, hook it up. Now, here's <laughs> here's where. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Jesse Smollett's lawyer demanded a mistrial. Did you hear about this? OK. <laughs> So Jesse Smollett's lawyer demanded a mistrial, claiming that the judge, and I quote, snarled and lunged at her and then ran out of the courtroom crying. Um, what? <laughs> what do you do when you are losing as a defendant? You start doing desperate things, and Smollett's lawyer did just that yesterday, requesting a mistrial. And personally attacking the judge. That's always a good thing for a defense attorney to do. That's it's a great way to protect your client. Attack the judge. 
so, <laughs> so what was the request for? Originally, a sidebar was called so Tamara Walker, a lawyer for Smollett, could request a mistrial based on the judge shutting down a line of questioning, uh, which he found irrelevant, and it was. Uh, things went downhill from there. Apparently, she is now accusing the judge of physically lunging at her during the sidebar in his chamber. Smollett's lawyers also accused the judge of visibly snarling when he sustained objections. That's when Walker went to the judge to make the request for a mistrial, after which she claimed the judge physically lunged at her. She then started to cry and left the courtroom with her mother. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, is this satire? Oh, I didn't know. I forget it. I guess it was a satire thing. All right. <clears throat> Somebody added a little thing on there that might have been satire. So, all right, there you go. All right. What do we got here? Time for a break. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Okay, it's not satire. It was a poorly written update to an article that I read earlier that didn't have the high school trial thing in it. And it confused me for a second because this really happened. Jesse Smollett's lawyer was brought to tears because she she didn't like the way that the judge was talking to her. And on the verge of crying, after the judge denied her a mistrial, and the mistrial was based on the judge being mean, she stormed out of the courtroom with her mommy. Josh, didn't I just say that Smollett was getting 100 grand an episode? He's in Chicago. Lots of uh, lots of good lawyers in Chicago that you can hire on a salary of like hundred grand an episode. Why would you hire a lawyer who cries and runs away from the court with mommy because they have hurt feelings? Not not a great look. Um, if you are if you are in Chicago in need of a lawyer, I may recommend not hiring this lady. So this is not satire. This really happened. I've confirmed it in, in now three different articles. I I just don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. I I just I don't. But this whole thing is a giant circus. Um the fact that Smollett is testifying very risky, but you know, maybe it's it's a Hail Mary because they know that this is just super desperate. They don't really know what to do. But again, um, it, it, you just. What's interesting about this is that they are trying to. They're trying to paint one of the brothers, okay? These are the two brothers. They're not Nigerian, but, you know, the Nigerian brothers, but they're not Nigerian. They're trying to paint one of the brothers as homophobic. Now, these guys are with each other, like, all the time. And we've covered them before. I mean, these brothers are constantly with each other. And so they're painting one of them as homophobic, and the other one is having an intimate relationship with Smollett. It, the, the defense doesn't make any sense. And these are, these are large guys, okay? They're large guys, and they're very dark-skinned, so it's not, 
It's not going to be an easy thing for them to disguise who they were because some people have tried to make that claim too. That's just a, an internet conspiracy that maybe they dressed up like Trump supporters and that sort of stuff. I, it just, again, it, it is very, very, very weird to watch all of this. I don't think that they have a defense. I mean, usually if you're lying, you still have a defense of some kind. You realize over the past month or so, we have seen two of the worst conducted trials I think that we have ever seen. One of them in Kenosha by the prosecution, and then this one, again, with the defense in the Smollett case. I I just, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, But everybody's going to be outraged regardless of how this thing goes down. But they haven't done anything to prove that Smollett was actually attacked. And remember, that's their premise. The, the, The whole premise of the case is you lied about being attacked by Trump supporters who were white in the middle of the coldest day in Chicago at like three some odd a.m. in the morning when you went to Subway to get a sandwich and and they tied a noose around your neck. They knew who you were when you came downstairs from your high rise. They knew who you were. Uh, we talked about there being um, some elements of, of drug use and things like that that were up in the hotel room. <clears throat> Some police have speculated that there was a, an intimate encounter up in that room, which may have contributed to some of the things that they witnessed on that night. You know, it's just, it, it's crazy stuff. So Chicago PD, you know, they, they investigate this thing. They devote a ton of resources. They determined that he was lying, which was apparent to pretty much everybody early on. The cops knew that he was lying the night of. We've heard that testimony. And they still, because they had to, devoted all of those resources to try and figure out what happened to Jesse Smollett. And once they determined conclusively that this was a fraud, they charged him because the city had devoted resources and money and time and officers and everything else. They pulled him away from far more important cases to go ahead and investigate this because of the optics of it. And that was all a giant expense for the city. So the city, again, presses those charges. It's important for you to know that Smollett is not saying, I got caught up in the story, it spun out of control, and I'm sorry. He's not saying that. Smollett is saying that he was attacked that night by racist, homophobe Trump supporters. He's still making that claim on the stand. And it, it at the same time, you've got people going, it was us, we're the ones that did it, and he paid us to do it, here's the check. And he's painting one of those brothers as homophobic and the other one as an intimate partner. It's not going very well. But there will be people who don't know anything about the case who will be upset about it just because, because they never paid attention to any of it. Just like there's people at ASU uh, who, who got Kyle Rittenhouse thrown out of ASU who are still arguing even after the verdict that he killed black people who are protesting for black lives in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. None of that happened. And they still said it, because why not? Honestly, just a just very bizarre turn of events. I, this could not happen to a nicer, nicer guy, though. I mean, honestly, he deserves everything that he gets at this point in time. But this stuff has to be exposed. If we don't expose them, and I'm very pleased that the police department chose to, and the city chose to take this, uh, take this case this way, because you have to expose people for this. Do you realize that there's been analysis done on these these uh, hate crimes, air quote, the hate crimes that happen 
there's roughly like it's like ninety seven percent of them are that's not the right number. It's one in three hundred and thirty six or thirty seven are real. So every time you hear like three hundred and thirty some odd hate crimes happen to somebody, only one of them is actually real. And that was analysis done at the university level. And we've got fake hate databases, and I've I've kept a running tally on on my website sporadically as well. We talk about them all the time on the show. They're usually pretty easy to spot. And occasionally they're they're real just because you're dealing with a super idiot because that's what most extreme bigots are. They're super idiots. Um, but when you're talking about numbers like that, I, don't quote me on the exact like 336. It's somewhere around 330-something. One in 330-something hate crimes are actual hoaxes or uh, are, are real. The rest of them are hoaxes. So only one in that 330-so are actually real hate crimes. The rest of them are just make-believe. You wouldn't have to make up, and I know that this is cliche, but you wouldn't have to make up so many hate crimes if hate was so predominant and prevalent in the United States. But it's not, so they fabricate it. MNC News Time is 4.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. <laughs> I looked, dude... I looked over at you to ask you that question on if you're still taking them. And so your head is there and just next to his head, there's like a, the door is there and it's cracked open like this for those of you on the live stream. And my, my, my kid's head is poking in there with a really guilty grin on. And I just told her not to do something. I specifically told her not to do something. And I got a feeling that she did it. So if, uh, if the printer in the sales pit is broken, not it. I'm not responsible because I already told her not to do it, so it's on her. A couple of things happened over the weekend. Uh, Bob Dole passed away, and now we get to listen to all of the people who called him the second coming of Hitler uh, say that he was uh, a patriot, loved his country, and he was a super honorable man. So uh, condolences to his family. He was 98 years old, though. Uh, he, he, he hung on a lot longer than a lot of us expected. He was not well a few years back. Uh, but he has hung on. So Bob Dole passing away over the weekend. Uh, Chris Cuomo got fired from It's Not News at CNN. And we told everybody that, you know, Warner Brothers coming in and they're trying to clean house. I said I didn't expect them to survive. But Brian Stelter, the the human thumb, the Brian, Brian Stelter's like, oh, he'll probably take like a week off and come back. <laughs> and now Brian Stelter is dunking on Cuomo as if as if Cuomo was a problem at CNN. Like Brian Stelter is such a he's such a grifter. So anyway, uh, CNN did fire Chris Cuomo. I would like to remind everybody that he was their most popular host. His show was the highest rated show on CNN. Now, Joseph Wolfson put together a really great Twitter thread, and this is a Twitter thread of what CNN tolerated with Chris Cuomo, what they knew and what they tolerated, because there's been some additional information that has come out as well. So this is what CNN knew and tolerated from Chris Cuomo before they fired him, okay? Knowing that he participated in strategy sessions with his brother, faking his reemergence from the basement after he was caught breaking quarantine, a credible sexual harassment allegation, inviting his brother for a series of chummy interviews and prop comedy, which CNN allowed, 
while the nursing home scandal was actually happening and never asking him about the nursing home scandal, allowing him to openly praise his brother on air, quote, the best politician in the country, is what he said about his brother, Andrew Cuomo, and avoid all of the scandals after that. Him benefiting from prioritized COVID tests from the Cuomo admin in the early months of the pandemic. Forgot about that one. We covered that way back in the day, but I've forgotten about it. Uh, a devastating decline in ratings, which is down 76% from his audience in January. Hey, Josh, you're, you're relatively new here. Do you think that we would still have a job here if my ratings dropped 76% from the beginning of the year? That might be a red flag, I think. Uh, whatever he's doing is really not working. Okay. So, I mean, that's, in, that's, those are the things that have nothing to do with his on air product, which was already bad. It had nothing to do with him getting in people's face about Fredo. Remember that he would get in people's face and he would threaten him. Remember that when he had COVID, he still got in the bicyclist face when the bicyclist is like, why aren't you quarantining? Remember that? That's, that's all in addition to the stuff that Joseph Wolfson posted here. CNN just they 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 put up with a lot of stuff with him and that's because well you know he he's he's in line he does what he's supposed to do his most popular show that they had which is not saying much at all I understand that most of you are well aware of that as well but you know this is this should have happened a long time ago the fact that his ratings were were better than than pretty much everybody else for so long, considering how bad his show was. Tells you really all you need to know about CNN. Uh, Warner Brothers, when they come in there, they can nuke that entire channel and start over with brand new people, and it would be an immediate improvement. Brian Stelter goes on vacation. The ratings of his show goes through the roof, comparatively. Okay, uh, Chris Cuomo gets suspended indefinitely last week. And his ratings jumped 20%. And some of that is probably people just listening, hoping to get another angle of it. But when they're sustained, you know, that should concern the network. They also learned some additional stuff on, um, on oh, I guess, Friday or Saturday, which led to him being fired Saturday night. And we'll go over some of that stuff here coming up in, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, they don't give a lot of details, just a little bit, but it'll add to the story because New information came out. CNN said, all right, that's it. We're done. And they canned him on Saturday. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Coming up at 5 o'clock, Anthony Fauci is a flaming, horrible bigot. Legitimately. Based on his own standards, he's a racist. We'll talk about that at 5. All right, so Chris Cuomo got fired from It's Not News at CNN. And allegedly, there was some additional information that came out over the weekend that led to the decision. I, I figured that he probably wouldn't be back anyway. His ratings are terrible. And the new owners of CNN want it to go to a real news channel. Cuomo doesn't have a news background. 
Cuomo's never demonstrated that he could do news, ever. And so they have made it crystal clear that they want CNN to do, quote, real news, and they want, quote, real reporters and journalists. That is something that CNN does not have now in mass, certainly not in their featured programs. So this is the Daily Wire. CNN fired star host Chris Cuomo on Saturday evening and mentioned in a press release that the network had encountered additional information about the host during its investigation into his role in helping his brother, then New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, navigate a sexual misconduct scandal. Andrew Cuomo thinks he's going to be the Attorney General of the state of New York now. <laughs> uh, CNN did not disclose the additional information, uh, what, what it was, but a top journalist at the New York Post claims that it is related to an alleged sexual harassment allegation against Chris Cuomo. This is different than the other one where he admitted to grabbing her butt in front of her husband. This is a separate allegation. A source tells me the additional information that's come to light mentioned at the end of CNN's statement are sexual harassment allegations, says Julia Marsh, New York Post City City Hall Bureau Chief. There is an alleged Chris Cuomo sexual harassment victim represented by a high-profile attorney, according to the source. This is... Um, It's not good. Now, CNN did say the additional information that they had on Chris Cuomo was, quote, sexual in nature. They just didn't go into details on it. In a statement announcing Cuomo's termination, the network said that it had encountered new information that led to its decision to terminate him and that it was of a sexual nature. Buried at the bottom of the report of Cuomo's firing, 20 paragraphs down, burying the lead, the additional information that has come to light uh, during the interview of the document dump, a CNN spokesperson declined to share any further details about the information. This is not how I want my time at CNN to end, but I have already told you why and now and how I helped my brother, Chris Cuomo said in a statement responding to his termination. So let me now say, as disappointing as this is, I could not be more proud of the team at Cuomo Primetime and the work that we did as CNN's number one show in the most competitive time slot, which is true. For CNN, it was their number one show in a very competitive time slot in which they were not competitive. Um, Now, you could make the argument that at that time slot, whoever's there is going to be the most watched show on CNN. You can make that. That's a fair statement. You could probably plug Don Lamont in there, and he would be the most watched show. You could probably plug Blitzer in there, and he would be the most watched show just because of the the actual time slot that it's in. but again, it's we're starting to get more information about the sexual harassment here. And I think that there was an article where the uh, the uh, alleged victim is speaking out. But uh, I, I don't have any details on it that I would be comfortable going over the going over with on the air for you today. So once again, you've got brothers who um, routinely violate the the perimeters, if you will of other individuals and put their hands on people and i'm sure that chris cuomo's defense would be just like his his brother andrew cuomo's defense which is we're just italian this is what we do and then did you did you see my my tiktok about the uh, the cuomo height conspiracy you see that chris cuomo is supposed to be three inches taller than andrew cuomo yet in a lot of pictures andrew cuomo towers over chris cuomo And sometimes Chris Cuomo towers over Andrew Cuomo.
and nobody really seems to know why. <laughs> so I don't know if the Cuomos have like a little Fredo stool person that, that runs around with a stool for them. I don't know. <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of it. Fauci's a racist coming up next.